0: profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help overworked CPAs go down to 40 hours and then down to 25 hours without giving up revenue. My name is Geraldine Carter And my guest today is Randy Larkin. Randy, welcome to the show. Thank you so
1: much, Geraldine. I'm honored to be here.
0: Oh, well, I'm delighted to have you. So this episode is for folks who are wondering just how fast they can progress in Mastermind. How fast can you move? Just how much can you implement in a four-month period of time? And you've been in Mastermind now for about 10 weeks But before we get into it and just how much progress you've made in that amount of time, for people who haven't heard your name, tell us who you are, where you are, and what you do.
1: My name's Randy Larkin, founder of Atlanta Tax Planner, and we uh, specialize in helping CRNAs primarily uh, save tax money throughout the country.
0: Awesome. So for folks who don't know, CRNA is around the country, and CRNA is certified registered nurse... Anesthetists. Nurse anesthetists. Okay, and so these are um, 1099 CRNAs, right?
1: That's correct. They're in business for themselves rather than uh, being a W2 that would maybe work for a hospital or a clinic.
0: We love that. So you came in with your niche already defined. You were already you had been working with CRNAs. How long has CRNAs been your niche?
1: A year and a half or so,
0: something like that. Okay. So where were you back in July, August over the summer that made you think, oh my gosh, there's something else that I need in order to get my business to the next level? Where were you like three months ago?
1: Well, I already knew I needed to go uh, and get more help and more uh, structure in implementing things I knew that needed to happen in in my business.
0: Yeah. Like what, for example?
1: Well, I'm working too much. And so... I'm always looking for systems. Uh, how can I improve my systems? How can I improve uh, how I manage my team?
0: Systems, team. And let me ask you a little bit about your firm. How many people do you have on staff? And how many clients do you have, roughly? I
1: have about uh, 13 or 14. And I have about three people on staff. Well, well, excuse me, two, me, me plus two people. So three. I count kind of myself staff, too. So. You count
0: yourself a staff. So, okay, so three. <laughs> Uh, and about 14 clients. That's correct. Okay. So one of the things that caught my eye was something that you posted in the Slack message that you said, you're helping me move forward so fast. So I want to know what that feeling is like. like. What are the things that you feel like you're moving forward with so fast? Tell me what's happening.
1: Well, in your training, you actually uh, say how to do ABC, C, XYZ. So in one of the uh, cases, you talked about how to uh, have personal tax one-week turnaround. I thought, wow, what a great idea. Yeah, because everything I read has to do with satisfaction of clients. And one of the things they look at is how fast can I get my stuff done? So I was reading an article. This is several years ago. And there were three KPIs uh, they talked about. And one of them was turnaround time. And I said, okay. Okay. Well, I know that's important, but how can I do it? How can I institute it? And so you brought out the idea of doing about one week turnaround. And so I just was mulling that over and I said, yeah, that's gonna be great. Uh, so I'm, we're instituting it this year and I, it may not go perfect, but after a year or two, it, we're gonna have it down.
0: Yeah, so how are you implementing your one week turnaround t- tax return?
1: Well, uh, now we're talking about not corporate, we're talking about personal, which is where my bottleneck is. Uh, and we're just having people uh, decide when they want us to do the work. And so on Sunday, the Sunday at 11 o'clock, they have to have all their stuff to us. And it's going to be going to the portal. And they choose which week they want. So uh, they get us to stuff on Sunday. And by the following Monday, so technically it's not really seven days, it's really eight days, they will have in their portal something to sign so we can file their, term, their return for
0: that. That's awesome. Well, in the Beatles song, they're eight days in a week. So I think that, <laughs> that qualifies. So what's the, what's the workflow that's enabling turnaround of seven days? Because I think there are probably a number of listeners who are like, wait, what? I chase clients for documents for months. How are you going to Chase clients for documents in a week. How is that going to work? Well, first you've got to set expectations.
1: So uh, they they want they want one week turnaround. So for them to get one week turnaround, they have to do certain things. So we have organizer that they can fill out online, and that normally goes out uh, like the first of February. Those people who have a little bit more difficulty getting their documents, they can schedule a later time. I think the earliest uh, date I have is the second week or the third week in February. I just have people pick their week and I don't let uh, too many pile up in one week. So we can make sure we can get the work done. And all we're going to do is just focus on those few clients that week. And we told them also that they need to uh, keep an eye on their inbox every week. I mean, every day and answer our questions so we can get our answers taken care of so we can meet our deadline and your deadline.
0: And how are you having them pick their week? How does that work? We
1: just ask them, hey, what week do you want? And then we go to Calendly and they schedule it. And I tell them, okay, well, we're not going to talk at 11 o'clock on Sunday, but this is the date, time and date that you need to have us your stuff.
0: So pick, they're picking their week using Calendly. So you're not picking up the phone and having a conversation with each of your clients to pick their week. Well, no,
1: no. Actually, I've already done this through the mid-year conference. So we had a mid-year conference. We have end-of-year conference. So I was already preparing them for it before. And so end-of-year conference, which we've already had, they've picked their week. And then we'll reiterate it here in early December.
0: What impact do you think the pick your week methodology is going to have for your clients, but also for you?
1: Well, for us, we're going to be able to manage the workflow. So as long as we have capacity, and we do have capacity uh, for the number of personal tax returns during those specific weeks, it's going to be a no-brainer for us. It's going to be easy for us. So their corporate return, their corporate return uh, we, we require them to get us all that information on January 10th. And so their corporate return will be done by the end of January. And the only thing we'll need to double check then after that is their 1099s making sure they match uh, what they're saying. So their corporate return will be done. So we'll have their K-1 for their personal return, and then we just need their personal documents so we can do their 1040.
0: So you said you think it'll be easy because you'll be able to manage the workflow way better. How do you think that's going to compare to the old school way of doing it?
1: Well, I don't know what old school is, but our old school is uh, we ask you for your documents and they dribble in and we, we, can't, we can't finish your return and it goes for weeks and weeks on and 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 then they want to know when their tax return is going to get done. And well, we're still waiting for documents. So, and, and then once they, so we go, it goes into a, a holding file is what happens. It goes into a holding file when we ask them a question. So it goes in a holding file and we wait, and then they get us the material. And then once they get the material, they think we should drop everybody else and work on theirs. And I tell them, no, it goes to the end of the queue and it works its way up to the front. But of course, they don't like that because, hey, I got you my stuff. Why aren't you working on it? Well, because, because we've got other clients to work on.
0: So have you what response, if any, have you had to this so far?
1: They like it. They they say, yeah, this is great. I had no one ever even postulate something like this before. Now, uh, uh, Joshua Lance, if you know who he's, he is out of Chicago, He I listened to him on a podcast a, a while ago, and he was sort of talking about something of this nature, but I didn't quite know how to implement it or whatever. But anyway, you just gave me the genesis and the idea and okay, how can I get this done? So that's just one of the many things I've got on my list that I have been able to.
0: Well, let's go to the next one. What's on your list? Well,
1: we got tons of them. So one of the th- one of the things that was really great for me, because I've done a lot of studying on value pricing and all this kind of stuff. So I've got Ron Baker's books on the shelf and all this kind of stuff. But you said this. You said, put three bowls of food out and see what the cats like. Man, that was so good. I mean, that just, that was just so visual. And I said, okay, I got it. Because I was always wanting, man, my price are too low. I know they're too low, but what do I do? And all that kind of, I don't know. And okay, put the food out, see what happens. Now I was already doing three tiers before coming to Mastermind. But that concept right there, I mean, that just put my whole mind at ease. I mean, now it's no longer a problem.
0: Now you just put the food out. You're like, let's see what prices they like. And then we'll have the answer. Well, yeah. And I keep,
1: and I mean, uh, the last couple of years, I noticed that people, uh, are willing to pay more and more. Uh, but what is it? I don't know. And so now I'm not fretting about it. Yeah. I don't fret about it. I just put the price out there. This is a great value. And those people who are already my legacy clients. So whatever plan they have now, I make it a bronze. And then, uh, there are different things that, uh, we offer that might be uh, advantage to them. And then they get to choose, okay, you want to have this, you want to have this, well then that's an additional price you go to, and that would be the silver and then we'd have a gold. So whatever plan they got now will be a bronze because that's where they're at right now. And you could keep the browns if you want, that's fine. Or you can, uh, we're, we're have some more additional value here that we're creating. And one of the things we do every single year, a year old dean is always ask our clients how can we serve you better? we always always asking that question. And they're always telling us. And we can't always implement everything, but we start implementing. And we continue to grow our business. And we continue to serve them better. Think about Jeff Bezos. He started uh, selling used books, if I understand correctly. And he really did that well. And then he started selling okay, uh, new books. And Then he put Dalton bookstores out of business, right? And he almost put Barnes & Noble out of business. And then he said, okay, well, how can I improve my business? So one of the things Amazon does is they keep on saying, okay, how can we improve? How can we improve? And that's what we all have to do as business owners.
0: Yeah. How can I give my buyers the thing that they're looking for that doesn't exist yet or that they can't find somewhere else? How can I make it easier for them? How can I make their lives easier? How can I take the friction out? I mean, that's one of the things that Amazon is has just done incredibly. Has just taken so much friction out of the process of getting anything. So tell me, um, what are some of the things that you think you've improved on? Like What else is over there on that list of things that you've implemented yet?
1: Well, there's all kinds of things. Okay, the concept of trap money is such a good concept, such a fabulous concept. Now, I already have limited the number of clients I have, and I've done that purposely. Uh, because I knew I needed to work on my business. That's really what's going to be the lever, uh, working on my business. But the concept of trap money and all, all my clients are trap money because I should just let them all go and all I should do is just work on my business. But of course, and, and then just make my systems great and all that, but that's not reality. So, uh, But that concept is, is just also just re- very free for
0: me. Yeah. And there can be trap money at both ends, at the bottom end and the top end. And what I think one of the most difficult things to learn to do as a business owner is turn away revenue, to learn how to turn away revenue so that you can make sure that you're keeping your business going and pointed in the direction that you are want to be going in and don't have money, just any kind of money pull you off of your own trajectory. If you don't learn how to do that, you end up running all over the map. So what else, uh, what else is over there on that list I want to okay, know? Okay, well. And for listeners, for listeners, I sent Randy a list yesterday of like all the things that he's been moving lightning fast on. Well,
1: well, the I've looked at doing webinars for a while, I guess some years ago, even before I decided to uh, specialize, I was just looking for tax planning, uh, just doing tax planning for everybody. I was looking at doing webinars and I did some, I used YouTube and Webinar Jam, all kinds of different things I've used. I really never found something that I really liked well. Uh, not only did I get uh, I got a process from you. So it was really, really easy to implement the process. Now, I haven't done a whole bunch of webinars because there's so much more material I need to uh, do. I can do I can do, do more webinars later, uh, but I have now I have a process. and it's really, really easy. And one of the things that you really helped me with in this regard, uh, I have a tendency to talk too much, Uh, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. So squeeze as much as you can in 20 minutes, because that's going to be good for the client. That's, you know, but I, I, I'll drone on for an hour and a half. Or you and me can talk for about taxes for eight hours. I don't get tired <laughs> because it's a big puzzle to me. I love it.
0: Yeah. So you did the five-day webinar challenge, which is a micro course inside of down to 40 hours, where basically, because I don't talk about this too much in on the podcast, just because it's a little bit of advanced sort of material. But basically we get you hosting your first webinar in five days with tiny steps, single steps, figure out your title, figure out your platform, figure out your content, get your slides up, get it announced, put it on social media so people know to register. And then the challenge is to host your first webinar and survive when nobody shows up. Because we don't care if nobody shows up or one person shows up. That is not the goal. The goal of five-day webinar challenge is for you to know how to host a webinar. Because once you know how to host a webinar, then you can go out and create the audience. So we don't need the audience yet. So you've hosted... How many webinars have you hosted now since you did the challenge, since you first started? Uh, j- j-
1: just just a few, just a few. Uh, but, but I have enough uh, understanding of how it works. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll do the same webinars again and again, and I'll get better at them. But- yeah. Uh, but now I can use it for content. I can use it. Uh, I can just send it to people and they can just, you know, see that I'm expert in my space. So yeah, it's so, it's so easy, so easy to do. And. And so that, that was just, that's also a game changer for me.
0: So are you um, taking the content and then are you putting it behind a paywall? Or are you, if somebody asks you a question, are you just sending them the link with the free answers in it?
1: Well, for example, one of my uh, clients in Oklahoma, he had some uh, other folks that he mentioned, uh, mentioned me to them, and they wanted to... Reach out to me, and I can't really take any more clients. So, but one of the things I did is I sent them the webinar link, so they can get some benefit, and they can also I can also start uh, proving my expertise in their space. So that's what the webinar helps me do in a relatively short period of time.
0: And do you find, or to what extent have you found that that changes the nature of the discovery call? Like, do people show up? A little bit more informed a little more prepared a little less intimidated
1: well one of the things before i came down to the down to 40 is i was noticing that i really hadn't built trust in the people who were coming yeah so almost all my uh prospects were uh referrals from existing clients so my clients love me but the their, their friends don't know me so I don't really have enough content out there to prove that I really know what I'm talking about uh, in their mind, okay? So uh, that's very, very important. And I really came to realize the trust factor uh, as I've gone through some of these discovery calls in the past.
0: Yeah, you're totally building so much trust and familiarity ahead of time so that they don't show up ice cold to you. I can imagine that some prospects feel nervous meeting a potential CPA for the first time and their muscles are tight and they're not very loose and they're not very warm and they're a little bit, a lot bit apprehensive or trepidatious. And having, so it sounds like having these webinars, these links that you can send them to, they get warmed up, they get familiar with you. They kind of get to know you. If they're like, who's this Randy character? I cannot work with this guy. Then they bounce and you don't waste your time with somebody who might not turn into a client, but it's like it also serves as a pre-filter. Yes. And how about the content library? What sorts of things are in there and how is that serving you?
1: I found in the past that I would be spending lots and lots of time uh, with my clients, educating them on what they need to be doing. And whenever I ask somebody to do something, I always like to tell them why. Yeah, I'm not a person like to say, hey, do X because I said X. That's not good enough. It's not good enough for me. So I want people to tell me why. If I understand why, then I'm motivated. So I like my people to know why. So yeah, so I have a content library. We've been working on that for about a year and a half, developed a 10-week tax education class of the most important things my clients need to know. Once they go through that, that's the basics. Then I have a more comprehensive tax library that they can go into and they can just peruse it whenever they like. And it has tax court cases as footnotes that they want to do extra research thinking, hey, man, Randy's... Doesn't know what he's talking about. That's okay. They don't need to believe me. They can just go search literature, and then maybe they'll come to agree with me or not. But uh, yeah, that. Uh, but I. That's not. That's only for my clients. That's not really for prospects. Uh, I, I really reserve that for clients.
0: Paying clients. Gotcha. Talk to me about your clients being on Relay. I think all of your clients use Relay Bank.
1: Uh, pretty much, yes. Yeah. So uh, I haven't kicked off uh, people who've been with me a while and who are not on Relay. But yes, so I just want to make it easy for our systems. So I ask people when they come on board, I let them know that we're going to be using relay bank and there is pushback. Uh, so uh, sometimes people say, you want me to change my bank? Really? Uh, well, yes, I do. Because then we're going to be able to see your information that we need and it's going to cause us friction. And if they don't want to do that, that's okay. They're not our client. So, uh, yeah, so we want to make a system that makes it easy for them and makes it easy for us, makes it easy for us to produce what they want us to produce. So that's what we got to do. And you can't be doing every kind. I don't use QuickBooks. So if you want to use QuickBooks, I'm not your guy. I'm going to use zero. So we're using zero and we're not going to use QuickBooks. So if you want to use QuickBooks, well, then great they'll use QuickBooks, but I'm not your guy. So uh, one reason we use Relay is most banks have the links break. And so then you got to go fix the link, all that kind of stuff. So I don't want to be wasting time. That's a waste of time. Okay. I I don't want to do that. So Relay is a little more advanced in that regard. And so I want something that works all the time, that we don't have to be wasting time fixing stuff. And I want to be able to go and look at your stuff and I can get the work done quick and fast. And if you want me to be dancing around figuring out stuff and uh, doing all kinds of other funky stuff, well, I'm not your guy.
0: If you right. want if you want a CPA who's happy to burn their time chasing down two FAs, that's cool, but that's not me. Right.
1: Because I because I want to bring more value to you. And my clients know I bring them value because I save them a boatload of money. Yeah. So they get they get a high ROI. So I tell my clients, I'm not taking you as a client unless I can save you more in tax than you pay us.
0: And what's their response to this when you're like, you know, I know you that you love your credit union, but we work on Relay and Zero. If you want to be our client, we would love to have you, but if you don't want to be on Relay, if you don't want to be on Zero, that's total or like not that they're going to be on Zero, but if you don't want us using Zero, if you want us to be using QuickBooks, we're not for you. What's their how do they respond to that? Cuz I don't think that's a common line.
1: Well, uh, again, there's pushback and so that's okay. That's all right. Uh, but I, I, we can't be doing like uh, 1900 banks and, uh, you know, all kinds. Of, we can't do that and produce the kind of value unless you want us to charge you twice as much. And that's
0: not what we want to do. We love to get
1: give our clients great value.
0: So how do you overcome the? Do you overcome the pushback or do you just let them walk out the door if they prefer to? I let them walk out the door. It's okay. So do you invest any time in overcoming the bank and zero objections, or
1: there, there is, there is some, uh, there is some, uh, and we haven't made that transition 100 uh, percent because, and especially with some of the legacy clients. But uh, what we require them to do right now is we require them to have relay uh, for the payroll. So we re- we ask everybody to have two, uh, minimum three bank accounts. So they need a personal bank account, they need a business bank account, and they need a payroll bank account. And I won't go through why we want a business and a payroll. But so everybody who's a brand new client, we ask them, your payroll has to be on relay. So that's where we're at right this minute. But we're transitioning to where we're not there yet. We're transitioning to the point where they're going to be on relay 100% for both business and, and payroll. So it's a transition, okay? So it's not like black and white yet. but Yeah,
0: totally. It's yeah. not a light switch. It's something that you transform just one client at a time or, you know, in batches depending on the volume, but typically one client at a time, one conversation at a time. Yeah. And
1: so it, again, when people onboard, we, we just let them know that's the way we work. Uh, people that are already clients who are good clients, we don't say, hey, you got to go to Relay, are we kicking out or we don't
0: do that. Right, right, right. Okay. Tell me what else is over there on that list that you're most excited about.
1: So product ladder, I already knew about product ladder before, and uh, Brendan Hall is in one of my other groups that I'm a, a member of. And so I know about product ladders and all that, but I, how do I go about doing this? You know, Wait, hold on,
0: just for listeners... Brandon Hall, real estate CPA, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Keep going.
1: So anyway, looking at your website and sort of going through some of the material, you made it really, really easy to implement. Yeah. So I did a implementation of a lower tier stuff. And of course, maybe the price isn't quite right, but we implemented it. And I also used it as a screen to onboard somebody and just see if we we're going to work well together before they went from the discovery call to what I call the three option call. So I have a discovery call, and then after that, we do the three-option call, which is where we present the three options. So I if I can have some interaction with the client and see how they're going to act and react uh, with us working together, that's going to give us a real good clue about how they're going to be as a client. So that that's that's invaluable. So I've been spending so much time just the last couple of years of onboarding people, offboarding people. Okay. I thought they were a good fit. Uh, They act like they're a good fit, but they're not a good fit. So I can think of three right off the top of my head that I had to let go just in like uh, two or three months. And then there was somebody I said, uh, okay, you have a choice. Uh, You can either just go get somebody else. It'd probably be better for you to have us finish up this year and then find somebody else. But I let them. I let them have a choice, and they thought, "No, I better have uh, Randy and his team finish up this year." So uh, I, I don't want people who uh, have their own way of doing stuff. They're 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 deciding what kind of tax law we need to be following, all that kind of stuff. That's not me. That's not our team.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the product letter has really helped you filter in and filter out clients who are going to be good long-term clients.
1: it's helpful. Yes. Yes. If you can get somebody to go through that product ladder, of course. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, again, I haven't implemented all parts of that, but I I sort of have the framework now and I've set up the payment and all that kind of stuff. So nice.
0: And so do you have a, something of a strategy session that people can buy for three figures right off your website and schedule time with you or, uh,
1: we're, we're, we're not there yet, but yes, that's the next, uh, product we will have. We have a product uh, helping them set up their company is what we have, what we've been doing. Nice. Yeah. We go through all the different steps for them and it takes a relatively short period of time. And then we get to work with them. And so the last client we onboarded, uh, I thought he might be a little difficult, uh, but he wasn't at all. And he worked well with me and that really set the precedent for how we're working now. So he has just continued to see how we work, and it seems like it's going very well.
0: Awesome. So that sounds to me like a productized service that set up your company right the first time kind of thing. That's correct. Nice. To the extent you are comfortable commenting, how are you pricing that? Just flat rate? They book it off your website. Do you have a pre-call, any of that?
1: Well, well, uh, I'm going to. I'm not there yet. I'm going to actually have a separate website for this, and it's going to actually come from my main website over there, but then if somebody's going through the uh, discovery call, I might just lower the price to just uh, if they need some part of that service, just to have an opportunity to work with them. I'll say normally it's $6.95 or whatever the case may be, but yeah, uh, we have three or four different things here. Let's just do this for X, whatever that maybe uh 295 $395, and let's just work through this and me just help you get set up. So that's a lot of lower bar of purchase than helping them for a whole year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a way easier first time purchase for them. Um, Let's do two more that are on your list over there.
1: Well, one of the things that uh, you've been also helping with is how to build your website and you've given me lots of good feedback on that. And so that's a work in progress and probably be a work in process for some time, but (laughs) but, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, way better than uh, I would have done all by myself. So that's been very, very helpful. Uh, one of the other things I have over here is qualifying uh, qualifying clients and, and having a wait list. So, so yeah, so institute a wait list. Uh, so you didn't just help us with the concept of a wait list, but you actually let us know what we should say and how we should do it. So in other words, again, uh, you're... Much of your training is like, okay, here's how you do it, uh, here's when you do it, and the thinking behind it, and it just helps uh at least it helps me implement so much quicker. And for me to figure out, okay, yeah, okay, I understand XYZ, okay, but how do I do it? So I don't know if it takes that takes a lot of time. Okay, and, and then lots of times you got to try A and does A work? No, B works. Okay, but see you already have a solid process. So that just makes it so much quicker and faster.
0: Just so much less wondering and guessing and testing and trying. It's like, no, the answer is we have, we can get you 90% of the way there. You might have to do some tinkering and tailoring to your own business, you know, the way you run things, but like, here's 90% of it. You don't have to figure out the first 90% by yourself. Exactly. Anything else that stands out on your list of things that have been super helpful that you just really feel like the audience would love to hear about or benefit from?
1: Well, I mean, all these things. I mean, and there's so much more stuff we haven't even talked about. We're just talking about what I've implemented. And there's so much other stuff I haven't implemented that I I feel I'm behind. I only only have, what, four or five more weeks here. And man,
0: I can still- Behind
1: is a thought. It's only a thought. (laughs) Yeah, so- I mean, I'm way far, further ahead than I was, but you know, I mean, there's just, there's just so much, so much stuff to implement.
0: So it's all helpful. So last couple of questions before we wrap up here. I was looking at your benchmark and goals for four months, right? Because at the beginning, we say, where are you now? How much money? How much time? How many clients? And so on. And where do you want to be in four months from now? If you could be delighted with your results, what would they be? And when you came in, you were looking at like 50 hours a week, and your goal was to get down to 35 hours a week with about a 15% increase in top line revenue. And I'm curious to know, where are you relative to that right now? Do you feel like you're on track? Like what's...
1: Well, my My revenues increased. Part of it has been mastermind. Part of it was what I've done before. So yeah. So my my revenue uh, has gone up way more than fifteen percent. Yeah, my revenue has gone way up more than fifteen percent. Now, as far as hours go, what little I've heard about you is you. Well, maybe you're better at this than me, but uh, I'm, I'm still working bunches of hours why because I'm so hungry to get to my finish line uh so yeah I can I could cut back I could cut back but then uh the duration be for me to get to the finish line is going to be longer so I'm working a lot on my business uh uh and I'm a little actually I'm a little behind on working in my business I, I guess some stuff I gotta sort of catch up on so Um, But one of the things that you've really helped is uh, just, okay, this is what we need to do. Let me work on this and implement stuff. And so the number of hours, I'm probably still working about the same as I was before, but that's not because of mastermind. That's just because I want to get to the finish line sooner.
0: Yeah. You're just on fire working in your business and you, you know that you're building things for your business for future revenue. Yeah. It's a choice, not an obligation. No one's holding you at your office 50 hours a week. What are you most looking forward to? Like, what's in the pipeline that you're building that you're super excited about?
1: Everything. I mean, uh, building businesses is, is a blast. I mean, this doesn't work. Every day is a challenge, and every day, and all my team members, they all say, Wow, every day is different. And this, well, my, all my team members are totally excited because they're always learning new things. I'm always challenging their mindset. So, uh, so I'm just onboarding somebody right now and, she already worked for Accenture, uh, so it's an international company headquartered in Dublin, and she uh, now going to be working for us. And she's so excited because the culture is so radically different. Radically different, because we spend we spend probably on average an hour or two hours almost every day uh, training. Nice. So they're uh, we're we're not just we're training them not only on what to do but we're also training them on mindset and and so they're learning all kinds of things that are just way out. I mean they've never even heard of before. Uh, so they're not really like uh, just grinding away. So they're just and they understand the vision. All my team is remote. Uh, you hear lots of CEOs say, "Hey, uh, my remote team's not engaged." Well, the reason I think now I may not be right, but I think the reason they're not engaged is you're not spending enough time with them. So I think it actually takes more time to have a remote team engaged than if they're all in the same office. Because in the same office you can see each other and you yeah, you go to lunch or whatever, but you can't really do that remote. So I think you gotta really put more effort into having all your team members engaged if you're remote. That's just my belief. I haven't read that anywhere. I'm just telling you my experience. So so I spend a lot of time uh, with my employees, uh, making sure they're engaged. And they just, they run through a wall for me. And they also know I'll run through the wall for them too. It's a two-way street. They they already know that.
0: That's, such, that's so good. And finding employees, culture fit, all that is, can be really challenging for folks. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you think the audience might benefit from hearing?
1: Well, if you want to grow your practice, you know, you need to sign up for down to 40. It's, it's a bargain. So I told Geraldine before this uh, session, so when I was looking at uh, her program and she said it was $7,500, I, I didn't tell her before, but I told her before this podcast and I'll, I'll mention it now. I said, $7,500, Really? I said, man, I better get my spot. Cause it could be ten thousand dollars next time. And a year a year from now, or a year and a half from now, it's could be fifty. So I better get in. I better run as much as I can.
0: Get in now. Well, it's still seventy five hundred.
1: So that was my that was my thought.
0: Well, I want it to be an easy yes for people, and I want it to more than pay for itself. So that's sort of the design and the thinking behind it. I'm glad you think it's a bargain, because it's designed to be a bargain. Because I want you guys to also have the feeling of like providing a bargain for your people and getting paid well by providing a bargain. It's amazing; it's the best feeling. Randy Larkin, this has been such a joy. Thank you so much for coming on the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thank you for having me, Geraldine. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down a Forty Hour CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.